you have your Bibles, you can stand with me. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. Colossians 3, verses 9 through 11. The Bible says in verse 9 of Colossians 3, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Father, we come to you today and we bow our hearts in worship. You alone are worthy, God, and we are not. And Father, I pray that as we come together today that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. God, open our hearts and our spiritual eyes and ears, we can see and hear and allow the Spirit of God to minister to our hearts. And I pray especially, Lord, for those that without Christ today, Lord, that you would send conviction and draw them to a Savior who can cleanse them from all sins. And we pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. Putting off and putting on. We spent quite a bit of time already here in chapter 3 of Colossians. And here in chapter 3, the Bible describes the different kind of life we have now that we've been born again. In verses 3 and 4, the Bible tells us why we should seek Christ. Look at verse 3 and 4. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And the reason we need to seek Christ is because we have died. Now think about that. That means that when Jesus Christ died, it happened for us. It happened at a time in history, at a point in history. So in Christ's death, all believers died. And it's like a seed that is buried in the earth. Our real lives are hidden from the world, just the way Christ's glory is hidden. But one day, folks, not only will his glory be revealed, our glory will be revealed. And I was thinking about that this week, and I thought about the time when Jesus stood before Pilate. And he didn't, he didn't answer Pilate, any of the questions Pilate asked. And, and Pilate says to Jesus, don't you realize, I have the power to put you to death or set you free. And Jesus was not daunted at all. And he says to Pilate, You have no power at all except what my Father allows you to have. Now think about this. 
as far as Pilate was concerned, all he could see was a Jewish man standing before him, beaten. But what he couldn't see was the inside. He couldn't see the glory that was hidden by the flesh of Christ. But Jesus said to Pilate, one of these days you'll see me return on the clouds of glory. And I want to tell you, folks, when he comes again, he won't be beaten and bruised. Thank God we'll see him in all his glory. But not only that, our glory is going to be revealed. Amen? When Jesus comes again. And that's why we need to be seeking Christ. And so we think about our spiritual lives as believers. Our spiritual lives are hidden, but we're also in union with the Lord Jesus Christ because He is going to bring us, He has brought us to be with God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Rick sang about that hope a while ago. It's a steadfast and it is a sure hope. And i got to tell you this morning, our new life in Christ, if you're born again, your new life in Christ is a mystery. It is a secret hidden from this world. But one day when Christ returns, we're going to see his glory and our glory is going to be revealed. And that's why we need to be seeking Christ. The Bible is clear and it teaches us that believers already possess the life of Christ. Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit. And when we're saved, we die with Him and we are risen with Him to live a brand new life in Christ. And by the way, that's the picture of water baptism gives us. We were dead in our sins, we died. We were buried in the water, a sign, a picture, and we were raised again, thank God, to walk in the newness of life. So when Christ died, we died. And now we are risen, but even though we're born again, we don't yet possess perfection, and we don't yet have the eternal body that we're going to have when Jesus comes back. And John said, there's some things I don't know for sure. But one thing I know, John said, when I see him, I will be just like him. Amen. That's why we need to seek Christ. And when he comes, when he returns, then we will appear with him in all of our glory. And my friend, I want to tell you, the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Now, I thank God for the life I have right now, but my friend, this is not my best life. The best is yet to come, and I want to tell you, it's out of this world. It is out of this world. But in the meantime, God is working in our lives. We are not yet. Right now, our lives are hidden. That means they're concealed. They are saved, but they're also hidden from public view. And the same way was true when Christ was here on this earth. His glory was hidden, but it was still there on the inside. And there on the Mount of Transfiguration, 
Three of the disciples saw exactly what happened to Christ. And by the way, that's the same glory we're going to see when he returns. And that's why we need to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever the Bible speaks of the hope of glory, it's not only a future hope, and church, hear me well, it is an accomplished fact. When we see Jesus, we will be just like him. And I'll remind you this morning, church, only God can call things that are not as if they already are. And God says it already is. So Christ himself lives in us. We have this future hope, this accomplished fact, and now we're to live each day in expectation that one day God is going to fulfill every promise he made to us. And what a day that will be. They ought to write a song about that. What a day that will be when I see Jesus Christ face to face. And one of these glorious days, one of these glorious days when Christ appears in glory, we will also appear with him in our glory. And my friend, for lack of a better phrase, you ain't seen nothing yet. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And that's why we ought to orient ourselves toward heaven. Folks, I'm just a pilgrim. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. (laughs) And my true glory is going to come from heaven. And I hope you know by now that any glory on this earth is transitory. It's illusory, if you will. And only heaven's glory is going to last. And one day, we are going to experience it. That's why we need to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be transformed. We're all going to be changed. Think about this. When Christ comes in glory, we are going to be transformed. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 19 and then verse 23. The Bible says, The earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 23, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Now notice what the Bible says. There is an earnest expectation of the creature. The earnest expectation of creation. Now I look out today, some of you, and I hate to tell you this, and you're looking at me, we look like normal people. Right? But our glory is hidden. And creation is waiting for the day when that glory, the sons of God, that's us, the children of God, is going to be shown. 
understand that. There's a groaning. But my friend, that day is coming. But also notice, Paul said, even ourselves, we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. And Paul clarifies that, the redemption of our body. And i got to tell you this morning, folks, God's been good to me. In fact, he's good all the time. God has blessed me with a wonderful wife. Three wonderful boys and three wonderful daughters-in-law. We love our grandchildren when we knew our children. We have great-grandchildren great as well. And we've had a good life. But I want to tell you, folks, if this is all there is, I'm disappointed. And I'm groaning for something better. I know there has to be something better than this, and there is. And Paul says we are groaning ourselves within ourselves. And if you're a Christian this morning and you're looking forward to a new heaven, and we're looking forward to a new earth, And my friend, God has promised a new heaven. And He's promised a new earth. And He's promised that for all of us who are born again. And my friend, that's a sure hope for the future that God has promised. And we wait. And we groan. And we wait. And we groan for God's new order. That this world of sin and sickness and evil will be gone forever. And we groan. And we wait. The Bible says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is where? It's in heaven. From which we all so eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we are eagerly waiting for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in the meantime, while we wait, we go with Christ into our world. We fight the effects of sin, the evil effects. And thank God, as we're waiting, Christ gives us power to live for Him now. And he gives us hope for tomorrow. He gives me hope for the future. And my friend, that hope is he is coming again. And he's coming to take me home. Glory to God. He's coming to take me home. Some of the last words Jesus told the disciples before we left. He said, if I go away. I will come again. (laughs) If I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you might be also. How many of you went away? And guess what? He's coming again. He went away to prepare a place. And he's coming back 
for a prepared people. People prepared to meet Him. Colossians 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now, make sure we understand this, because I I think there have been times in my life I've misunderstood that. And I think heaven is a place of glory. Okay, I have no doubt about that. But when the Bible says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, it says, I will also appear with him in glory. He's not talking about a place. He's talking about me in my glory. Our glory is going to be manifested. The sons of God are going to be revealed for who we are. And there's going to come a time when Jesus steps down on the clouds. And he says to the Father, look at my bride. Look at the ones I've died for. <laughs> and you're going to say to us, welcome home. And so I look at that verse and it says, when Christ, who is our life, appears. It doesn't say if Christ appears. It says when he appears. Folks, he's coming again. And he's coming for us. Thank God he is coming for us. And so that in itself is reason enough to follow him, to seek Christ. But then in verses 5 through 9, the Bible talks about subduing our own desires. We talked about that for quite a, quite a bit of time. But when you boil it down, those verses are really a call from God. It's an invitation To live out our new identity in Christ. Now remember, His blood has already made us new. His blood has washed away our sins. Thank God for that. I love that hymn we said this morning. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Every sin Christ took care of. And so we have an invitation now to live out our lives with the identity of Christ, because it's His blood who makes us new. So the Bible says that those who have been raised with Christ, if you're born again, you've been raised with Christ, the Bible says, put off the old self and put on the new. Try to think of the man's name at Sanctuary Retreat for many years. Uh, one of the Spencers, what, who was it? Talk about the old coat and the new coat. Huh? Anyway. Well, but uh, not at our retreat. Anyway, he always carried a, a like a prop. He had an old worn out coat. And then he had a new one. And to demonstrate, he'd take that old coat off. And he put on the new one. How many know what Jesus has done for us? Thank God. He's given us a robe of righteousness. Not that I deserved it, but only by His grace. So we've got now, we have that robe. And Colossians 5 through 9, verses 5 through 9, chapter 3, are saying, you know what? You need to start living like that. 
This is your new identity. You've got to put off the old self and put on the new. And the only way we're going to do that is if we actively leave our old ways behind, the ones that were controlled by sin, the ones that were controlled by death, we leave those behind and we begin to walk with Christ each and every day. It has to be a daily choice in our lives. And yes, we've already got that robe of righteousness. When God looks at us, he sees the blood of Christ. I'm very glad for that. Washed our sins away. But also understand, our spiritual life, our lives are now, our spiritual lives are a lifelong journey. And every day we walk with God, God invites us deeper into his heart. He wants us to know more about him. And God wants us to become more and more intimate with him. And God wants us to learn more about the abundant life he offers us. What a God. What a God. So we're told why we need to seek Christ. Verses 5 through 9, subdue our own desires. And then last week, we looked at putting off the old man. Ephesians 4, look at verse 21 and 22. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, we're not going to spend much time here today. We did that last week. But the bottom line is this. Before we were saved, we lived in darkness. We lived in sensuality. But now Jesus is teaching us a better way to live. My friend, this is a better life. I don't want to go back to my old lifestyle. We're taught in Jesus Christ a whole new manner of life, uh, and by the way, a manner way, a, a better way of living now that we're in Christ, and we have to put away, we have to leave behind that former lifestyle. But how many know there's a battle in our hands? That old man is still trying to graze his ugly head. So we talked about putting off the old, but let's talk about the new man today. The new person we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, look at verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, hear me well. Understand what the Bible says. The day you were saved, you put on the new man. That's a fact. And that new man is in the image of the one God. And my friend, we don't create that image ourselves. That is in Christ. Christ creates that new image in us. He makes us new. Now, when the Bible speaks of our, the new man, the Bible is speaking about our new self. Our new nature. And this new self, this new nature, comes from Christ. 
It's not our own making. It comes from Christ. This new nature comes from Christ. Christ also set us free from sin. Christ also helps us set our hearts on things above. And now, because of Christ, we have hope for eternity. Amen. I call that a pretty good deal. So what the Bible is doing here, we're seeing an appeal to the commitment we made when we came to Jesus Christ. And the Bible urges us to remain true to our confession. Now I'm praying today that we'll let God speak to our hearts. Because I wanted you to realize salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap. And a lot of people want a spiritual Santa Claus. But my friend, when you come to Jesus, he has to be our Lord and our Savior. And if we make him our Lord, that means he controls our life. We make a commitment, Lord, you are now the master of my life. You're my Savior, yes. But my friend, unless he's your Lord too, you're not been born again. So the Bible says, remember the commitment you made and make sure we remain true to our confession of faith. And I want to tell you, folks, when you say something to God, he believes you. He takes you at your word. So we made that commitment. I want you to forgive my sins, Lord. I'm asking you to forgive my sins. And I want to make you the Lord, the master, the ruler of my life. And I lay my life before you. That is my commitment. So now that I've done that, the Bible says, I've got to rid myself of that old life. The Bible says, I've got to put on a new life, a new way of living that Christ gives me. A new life that is now guided not by my own desires. We've mortified those deep. We talked about those for quite a long time. And now I'm to live my life under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But my most natural question is, Lord, how? How can I do that? How can I accomplish that in my life? How can I put things off and put things on? I'm glad you asked. Go back to verse 10 of Colossians 3, the last part of it. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Those of us who are born again were to take off the old, put on the new. But the great news is, we don't do it on our own. We are not left alone in the process. The Bible says that my new self, my new self is being renewed in the knowledge of the one God who created that image in me. I am being renewed 
in the knowledge, now hear me well, after the image of him that created him. How many know that salvation is completely the work of God? And he's created a new image in me. And, and the Bible says this, we're not left alone. We are being renewed in knowledge. And understand something, folks, and this is true for every child of God, every Christian. It is a continual education program. And we're not talking about head knowledge. That's part of it, yes. But we're talking about an intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. A deep, intimate knowledge of Christ. And renewal is going to be needed every day. Uh, renewal is constantly needed in our battle against sin and the old self. We have to be continually renewed in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that the, the knowledge that the Bible refers to is a personal knowledge of Christ that's in the image of the one who created us. And my friend, the goal of this knowledge is to be Christ-like, to be just like Him. I love it when I read through the book of Acts in my daily Bible reading, as I read through the Bible. And the Bible talks about the church at Antioch. And the Bible says they were first called Christians at Antioch. You know why? Because people watch their lives. That person acts like Christ. She or he acts like Christ. And they started calling them Christians. Christians. The more we know of Christ and his work, the more we are being changed by him. I don't have the verse in my notes, but I just came to my mind. And Paul and Corinthians said we are changed from glory to glory. Glory to glory. And my friend, this process is lifelong. Brother Paul Snodgrass reminds me I'm old. He won't ever, I'm getting older, okay? And Paul Snodgrass, I'm not as old as you yet. <laughs> but here's the thing. I've been serving Christ a long time. And i got to tell you, he's still working on me. He is still working on me. And oh, how I need that. That knowledge is growing deeper and deeper and deeper. And I realize this process is a lifelong process. And there's never a time when we stop learning, never a time when we stop obeying, never a time when we stop desiring that intimate closeness with the Lord Jesus Christ, never a time where it should grow old or stale. It's a lifelong process. And my friend, there's no way anyone could ever justify just coasting along. No way we can justify uh, drifting along. But my friend, we have a powerful incentive to find the truth and find those rich treasures of growing in Him 
And I want to tell you, folks, you're going to find some things you won't even believe. Things that are valuable in your walk with God. The closer you draw to Him, the more you know about Him, the more intimate He is. You're going to find treasure beyond this world. And I want to tell you, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. But I want to tell you, it didn't come easy. Now, salvation did. That robe, of, that robe of righteousness came easy. But this process of becoming more like Christ is not going to end until we step on that shore. On the heavenly shore. It takes practice. It takes an ongoing review of our lives. And it's going to take concentration to keep in line with the will of God. It doesn't happen by accident. And here's what I want you to realize. If you're a child of God this morning, don't live hopelessly confused. Don't allow your mind to be filled with darkness and, and have no sense of shame. Make sure that we're looking in God's Word and we are living according to the truth that we find in Jesus Christ. Because, you know, Pilate asked the question, what is truth? I want to tell you, Jesus is truth. His Word is truth. And we don't have to be confused. We don't have to live without hope. We don't have, don't have to allow the darkness of the world to be permeated our lives. Thank God we have the truth of God's Word. That word never changes. So we've got to live according to the truth of Jesus Christ. And to do that, we've got to put off that old man. We've got to lay him aside. Look at the command in verse 23 of Ephesians 4. The Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The command is clear. Stop living as the old man. Stop it. Put on the new man. Folks, God wants us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. By the power of God and becoming more and more intimate with Him, that is going to be a reality. Romans chapter 12, look at verse 2. The Bible says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and accessible and perfect will of God. This renewal the Bible talks about, it is in direct opposition to being conformed to this world. And my friend, make no mistake about it, the world is trying to conform us into this image, into the worldly image. But this renewal the Bible talks about stands in stark opposition to that. God has created our new self. We are new creatures in Jesus Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And so Christ has created us, this new self. He's created in righteousness, and He's also created us in holiness of truth. 
We are new creatures in Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And we have to realize, folks, it is by truth and by a pursuit of righteousness that we must renew our mind. And I want to tell you, folks, a lot of Christians need to change their way of thinking. You need to allow the Word of God to change the way you think, to transform your mind. And we have to understand the Bible is that source of truth, not the world, the Word of God is. So as we renew our minds in truth, we are equipped to put off the old self, get rid of the old self, put on the new, and we are equipped to live the life and to walk worthy of a life God has called us to live. I am a firm believer. If you say you're a Christian, live like it. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let's take a few minutes to look at the putting on. Colossians chapter 3. Let's pick it up in verse 12. Down through verse 17. Therefore. Uh-oh. There's that word. Here's a conclusion of what Paul has been leading up to. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. You like that word, Jeremy? Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must, I'm sorry, so you also must do. Did you hear that? But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You ever do that? Verse 17, and whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. I can see right now we've got another year to go on this one. (laughs) Wow. Wow. But go back to verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. (laughs) 
Because we have put on the new man, according to Colossians 3.10, Paul says, the Bible was put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. The day we were saved, a brand new uniting of spiritual status took place in Christ. We are joined together with Him. And the Bible commands us, now that that's happened, at salvation, the Bible says to put on. Now, it's one thing to put off, and we've talked about that. But now that you put off, we've got to put on. Now, I kind of find it interesting. Now, in verse 12, New King James says, as the elect of God, ESV says, the chosen ones. And here's what I find interesting. Before... The attitudes are listed in these verses. God identifies the hearers. We are the chosen by God. You got that? Now, understand this. And I want to clarify because we are free will Baptists. We believe that God gives us free will to choose. The elect here doesn't mean that we were chosen or picked out beforehand. The elect, the chosen ones, identify the group presently saved, not the ones who will be. But the point is, we are chosen by God. I grew up almost in the Stone Ages. Rick grew up in the Stone Ages. I'm a little after him, okay? But we used to play games that didn't hold in your hand. Huh? And we used to have recess in grade school. And we played real games. And a lot of times, I didn't go to a really big grade school, but, you know, there was enough kids there. And we normally had enough boys and girls to choose up sides for a, for a softball game. And uh, how should I say this? I was athletic, athletically challenged. My dad always told me, he said, your problem is you run too long in one place. But then I found out just a year or so ago, his sister told him the same thing growing up. So he had to say, I inherited that. But we choose up sides, and you usually be a captain. And it wasn't me normally. I mean, I probably was a few times, but not, not normally. And you always wanted to be what? You wanted somebody to choose you. 
And, uh, you, you know, if you had a softball, you kept throwing it so they could see you throw it, you know, or if you had that bat, you'd swing it like you could do with it, you know. You wanted somebody to choose you on your team. Before God gives the attitudes, he says, I've chosen you. I have chosen you. You're special because we're his. We are his. And the emphasis here is on believers being God's special ones. <laughs> Church, do you realize if you're born again, you're special to God? You are special to God. And we are special because we are seen as his chosen ones. But not only that, look what it says. Holy and beloved. Thank you, Lord. Not only have you chosen me, I am holy and beloved. I am set apart as an object of his love. I am loved by God. I am chosen by God. So what that tells me is, holy and beloved, my clothing is pure. And my life's, my life has to exhibit that purity. Let it show in the way you live. Why? The answer is clear. Because we are God's chosen people. We are holy. And thank God we are dearly loved by Him. Amen. And I want to say, church, if God be for you, who can be against you? God's people are chosen by God. And none of us can claim to be chosen by God because of our own merit, because of our heritage. We're chosen only by grace through faith in Him. God has chosen to save us by His goodness. God has chosen to save us by His mercy and not by our own good works, only by grace. And every time I pause and realize that I have received such incredible grace from God, that makes me more glad to lay aside the old man. To get rid of those things. To set aside my sinful desire in order that I might put on the new man. Why? Because now I want to please him. And I want to be more and more like him. I'm trying not to get excited here this morning. But my friend, God's been good to me. Really good to me. And I said, well, wait a minute, Lord. You know me. How in the world can I be considered holy? How can I become holy? Because the Spirit of God is working in me to make me holy. The Word of God is working through me to make me holy. And the power of the Holy Spirit inside, internally, gives me the power to do what God wants me to do externally. He lives in me. And we are made holy in God's sight, because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary, and also understand holiness is also a progressive 
goal of our salvation. God declared us holy the day we got saved, but now that we're saved, we begin to become more and more holy. We become more and more like Christ if we're growing in the knowledge of Him. Putting on the new man. Wow. I look back on my Christian life and my early days were scary. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to pull this thing off. And that was a problem. I was depending on myself. And I had to realize it's not me, it's Christ in me. I died with Christ, yet I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. That's the key. And I think about that. And I realized one day that only incredible love would cause God to do that for me. Only incredible love would cause God to do that for all of us. And when I realized that, more than anything else, I ought to desire to align my life with the will of God after all He's done for me. So I say it again. Live up to your profession of faith. If you say you're a Christian, live like one. If you say you love Christ, live like you do every day of your lives. And the Bible says if you're a child of God, live up to that. Clothe yourself with a new attitude. Clothe yourself with new behaviors that exemplify Christ in the way you live. Romans 13, look at verse 14. Oh my goodness, I've got to quit here. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So the new clothing is what? It's Christ. Put on Christ. Let's stand together. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ. I would hope that everyone here this morning has been born again. But my question is, are you living like it? Are you living up to your profession? God expects you to. Maybe you're listening online this morning and you've never been saved, or you think you have been. But you haven't put on the new man, the new person in Christ. You can today. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we need you, Lord. We can't save ourselves and we can't keep ourselves. We need the power of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us not to make provision for the flesh. And God, to live according to your will. I pray, God, we let you speak to our hearts this morning. Send conviction where it's needed. And we give the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.